This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. I feel like the last couple of days we've been able to feel it. People are upset about the Cowboys. But have their prospects this season really changed that much? My contention that I'm going to attempt to convince everybody. Overshown got hurt. Mozzie Smith hasn't really contributed. If you're in their draft class, you probably haven't contributed a lot. Are you talking season. about their prospects? Uh, for the future as a Deuce team. Vaughn isn't just... playing like 42. Preseason football means everything, and then it means absolutely nothing. Like This is preseason football. How many preseason football uh, running backs are we going to fall in love with in the history of the cow like in the history of your life how many preseason running backs have you fallen in love with and then Ooh. it doesn't matter because Derek Lassick or Sherman Williams the painter doesn't play much and- <laughs> I do remember thinking Sherman Williams was going to be good uh, anyways that's uh, that's for another topic that's when we talk more about prospects from the 682 the prospects haven't changed but do you trust that coach's attention to detail no no I do not is all right. I'm going to run you through a variety of things that I saw on betting odds that have led me to believe that the Cowboys not only have their prospects not gotten any worse, a lot of folks think they've gotten a little better despite oh. where they are right now. Which, Setting them up, yeah, which is kind of wild to me. And this maybe this feeds into the what Micah said is like now we have more confidence. Is offensive player, Micah. yeah, yeah, offensive player of the year. CeeDee Lamb started the season as the 10th betting favorite to win Offensive Player of the Year. Now, he's fifth. So, that's a win. Defensive Player of the Year. Micah Parsons started off the year as the favorite, at least on this betting line. He is still the favorite and closer to a better bet. So, better. NFC Championship. Your word. Better. NFC Championship. Who do you? Where do you think the Cowboys fall in the hierarchy of who's most likely to win the NFC Championship? Oh, win the NFC? Yes. Fourth. Who? What's the third team you have ahead of them? Philly, San Francisco, Detroit. Oh, okay. All right. The Cow- they're going to win their division. That is that is true for sure. The Cowboys were third in the betting odds when the season started. They're third now, behind the Eagles. And the 49ers. Now, okay. this this spot still has them ahead of the Lions. But gotcha. it's, that's fair. They were third before. They're third now. They were 5-1 to one to start the season. Now, they're 4.5-1. to one. And I know you might be like, hey, I got bigger goals in the NFC Championship. Okay, fair enough. Let's go from there. Super Bowl. 
The Dallas Cowboys were the sixth favorite to Number win one. the Super Bowl. You do not because of Bochi. There, no, that's the Rangers. No, I just think the the magic of Bochi is going to carry over. We're going to hire Bruce Bochi to 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 be our head coach the rest of the way. Let me ask you this right now. I'm being dead serious about this, and I want people <laughs> to weigh in. Mike McCarthy gets fired today, and Bruce Bochi gets hired to coach this football team. What do you think happens next? I would think, in all honesty, the Cowboys are in big trouble that they've just hired <laughs> okay. a 68-year-old okay. man who's been in baseball his whole life. Okay. But, hell, they hired three quarterbacks to do it, and they started one for like three years in Quincy Carter. So Okay. <laughs> We've gone down the baseball route before with quarterbacks. Why what? not head coaches? What do you think the Cowboys are going to finish the regular season at right now? 11-6. and six. Okay. If they hired – I'm being dead serious. If they hired Bruce Bochy, what do you think their record would be to finish the regular season? Ten and seven. Okay, so <laughs> one game, one game difference. Bochy knows he's not smart enough to do it, so he'd be like, "Hey, you guys, I'm just here to to talk. Okay, I, I am not doing anything coaching of a football." All right, they were sixth at the beginning of the season. Now, where do you think they are in the betting odds to win the Super Bowl? Well, you're saying their prospects haven't changed. But I would guess eighth. Okay. Who would you put ahead of them? Oh, great. Philly one. Yep. Not in any order. Okay. Now, okay. I won't do any other order. Okay. Because uh, San Francisco, Detroit, but yep. you're saying Detroit's not. But in my opinion, okay. it's a hair better That's for fair. Detroit. Uh, Kansas City. I'll go with right now they're playing well, Cincinnati. And I, I think Joe Burrow's the second best quarterback. I'm sticking with that no matter what he does to that person's woman on CBS that he keeps voting him as like a not top 10 quarterback. Oh, yeah. Um, what about Baltimore? Yeah. Yeah, I'll lean towards, towards Baltimore. I still believe in Miami, but they are really trying to kick me really hard in the privates after believing in them. Miami is the Cowboys, but in the AFC, right? Yeah. Where they look phenomenal, and then they play a good team, and they don't do well. Did I name seven teams yet? I think you named six. Okay. Buffalo? Uh, I'm, like, on the fence with them. Like, they're... I'll go with Buffalo, and okay. there we go. That's where I'll stop. Now... Oh, man, I've got another question because of the fan text. We'll get to that in just one second. Relax. We'll get to it in one second. Is on this betting odds line I'm looking at, they're fifth. So they're behind the Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, Ravens, and that's it. So for as upset as people. Played way better than I thought this year. Yes. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. And we, I'll tell you what. Will it get better if we win 80-0 to the next two weeks? Probably, even though it probably shouldn't. Because the whole thing is you won't play most of those teams in the playoffs. But my point is this. People are upset. But Vegas, who is not in the market to lose money, has said, C.D. Lamb, better shot. Micah Parsons, better shot. Winning the NFC, better shot. Winning the Super Bowl, better shot. Where do you think the disconnect is? Because Vegas is improving all these odds, even if it's just a little. But I feel like we all know how this season ends already. I just think... In a way, I don't know what the Lakers Lakers odds are. If you're watching some NBA basketball, the Lakers don't look like a true championship contender. It's the but tax. The Lakers yeah. money comes in pretty strong because of the Laker Nation. And I think because of the Cowboys Nation, I'm just assuming that more Cowboy fans have gone to Vegas lately and said, Screw it. I'm putting down a hundred bucks here. I'm putting down five hundred bucks there. I'm putting down, you know, high rollers, ten thousand dollars just because that's what I do. They're the Cowboys. 
that's the only explanation I have because watching them, to me, one, it's clear that the NFC doesn't have a true favorite. Yeah. So that's positive for the Cowboys. Two, I don't think the Cowboys can win this thing. I think they've, in a way, things can improve and get better. But right now, if the playoffs started today, I get you barely lost to the Eagles. And I get that the 49ers have not played nearly as well after playing you. I still don't see how you ultimately beat them in a do-or-die game. We don't do good in those. Yeah. Show me how good you are against this team. That's when the Cowboys go, hey, I got the Corey Majors virus. Oh. You know, throw up. Yes, I understood the first time. Oh. Would you pick pick Detroit to beat them in a playoff game? I would because it'd be at Detroit. Okay. Now, then somebody asked this question. (laughs) And I just want to have a little fun with this. What if... What if the Cowboys had Bruce Bochy and Chris Young? Honest to God, if they had Chris Young as the general manager, it would take a little bit of time. I wouldn't want him to be the assistant general manager under Jerry Jones, just to be honest. Like, I would need him to train somewhere else. Go train in – I know Pittsburgh's not like a Super Bowl contender, but let's go train with an organization that knows how – that really cares about football and really is trying to become the best that they can be at football. Right. Uh, After – Two to three years, I think Chris Young would do a hell of a job and better than what we have. Fantastic. Now, on the flip side, and somebody asked this question, is the Cowboys will be favored in their next four games? And honestly, their next two games, you would hope that they would win in very emphatic fashion. Yes. Cowboys are five and three right now. If they get up to nine and three by the time they get back to the Philly game, do you think people's opinions of the Cowboys would have changed before the Philly game? Or do you think they'll still be in the boat of, hey, that's great. Now you're playing a team that matters again. So let's see. A little bit of both. I don't think it's strong either way. The one thing that will or could happen is the schedule of death is about to happen to the Eagles. Let's see how they get through that. The schedule of death happens to the Cowboys once they start Starting the Eagles. Starting with the Eagles, yeah. Right? So, like, the Cowboys get a little bit of favoritism. It's like we don't want to look past that, right? I've heard the Cowboys people look at the schedules. Look what the records could be. Yeah. Then look at the schedules after the Eagles play us and look at the schedule after we play the Eagles. Yeah. And you tell me what happens after that. Because then the Cowboys go through, yep, if we're going to – if we're going to assume, the assumption is the Eagles are going to lose two of their next three games. Because here are their next three games. They're at the Chiefs, host the Bills, host the 49ers. So you're talking about, I feel like across the board, everyone would say three of the best 10 teams in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. Okay, assume that. Now let's assume that Eagles, Miami, Buffalo, Detroit, I might be missing a game in their situation. You have to assume the Cowboys are losing two of those four games. If we're going to do the assuming yeah. of, of the Eagles are going to go bad, we have to assume the Cowboys play 500 yeah, in those it's games. Host the Eagles at the Bills, at the Dolphins, host the Lions. Yeah. And then you close that against the Commanders. But I would not include that in the schedule of death. But yeah. yeah. So you think then people would still be about the same unless they beat the Eagles, and then we'll see what happens from yeah, there? Yeah, I think going into that Eagles game, look, I'll tell you right now. As long as the teams are somewhat healthy, and especially quarterbacks, right? Last year was a weird year. They beat us without Dak. We beat them without Jalen Hurts. It was kind of an unfair Eagles-Cowboys yeah. situation. There was not really a, a you beat them at full strength at all. At full strength, I think the Cowboys will sneak a win out against the Eagles in a very close game. Uh, so 
that being said, I, I don't know. Ultimately, they've only lost one game, the Eagles. Yep. So they're probably going to win the division that right now. I would be inclined but, to look, agree with if that. If Jalen Hurts' knee is bugging him the rest of the season, that changes everything, you know? So there's still a lot of season. I'll agree with Steven. There's not a lot of games left, but there is a lot of season left. Uh, where bad things can happen to your team or major improvements can happen to your team. I don't know where the major improvement is on the Cowboys. Uh, You know, maybe that's another topic. Where's the major improvement going to be to make you feel like they can win it all this year? Uh, We will do that another time because I immediately had an answer jump into my mind that right now has not been very good. And then somebody brought this up, and that's the thing that you can't rule out about this team from the 6-8-2. Watch them lose to the Giants. And you might scoff at that, but okay, but here's the thing. Dabalina did it. He the got Cardinals the are the worst team in the league. Yeah. And their only win, their only win is over you. Yeah. Do you think I he's heard... going to make the playoffs now with the Vikings? I need to check and see. Okay. Uh, if I know the Cowboys and Eagles are going to make the playoffs, that's one wild card. I'd have to like start going through the wild card situations and go. Um, Seattle probably yep. makes a wild card spot. Yep. And there's one more wild card it's, spot. Yeah, assuming I mean right now they're in the seventh spot, okay. so you'd be kind of competing against the Commanders, Falcons. Like it's so, not the cream of the crop. I don't think Dabalina makes it. Okay, it's Bob Dabalina. If you've never heard that clip of Corey reacting to that, it is. But I did hear like probably nine and eight, or eight eight and one. Uh, the the NFC is the weakest it's ever been in the history of football. Right. So somebody who's bad at football is going to be the seven seed. To your point, right now the Vikings are five and four. Up next, after so they're the last playoff team. After them, Commanders four and five, Falcons four and five, Bucks three and five. Yeah. So it ain't a murderer's row sitting right there. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next with Mitch Garver potentially gone. Are there other Rangers players you can live without in 2024? Because there's one Mike and I might argue about. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Swing and a high fly ball. Deep out into left field. Hayes going back. Mitch Garver, can you take me higher? You most definitely can. Definitely can. KC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. No, no. That's really interesting that you just said that because that made me think about something totally different that maybe we can work in here as well. Are there any 877-881-1053 you want to get involved in text? We love the Twitch, the YouTubers. Are there any postseason calls just like that that you already have memorized or you know by heart? Because I know for a lot of people, it's the very like, you're not dreaming. And that it has come still up a lot. feels like a dream, though. Alec, can you find that final call, the you're not dreaming call? Because when we were doing the parade, Mike, I can't remember if you were on the float at this point or not, is somebody said, I've been listening to y'all's coverage the entire way. Every time you go to break, I listen to the Eric Nadell call. 
at the very end of the World Series. So is it that? Is it can you take me higher? Like, are there certain calls from the postseason right here on the fan that you have already memorized or you already know by heart as soon as you hear it? Because you seem to know that one straight away. Well, that one was great because the Creed thing was starting to take off, and obviously the Rangers hadn't played a home game in like three months, it yeah. felt like at that point, and you knew that they were coming back home, and the Creed thing was building up, and, and Hicksie does a great job of getting that into it. I will say the immediate call when I heard it, I didn't totally get it. I love the call. But then I've then oh the the messaging inside yeah. the home run was awesome absolutely and I know but I, the, can we just hear the Eric Nadell one I just please, hit it please just hit it two balls two strikes Spores kicks and fires he struck him out looking it's over it's over the Rangers have won the World Series Ranger fans you're not dreaming. The Rangers are the World Series champions. After 52 years in Texas, 63 years of the franchise, the wait is over, and the celebration has begun. Awesome. And I don't, like, there's more Matt Hicks. I saw multiple people mention Matt Hicks. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. I don't want to totally discount the national broadcast either. I know, obviously, we're biased towards uh, our folks at the fan, and they did a great job, is that Corey Seager home run in game one to tie the game, when he said it half a second, less than half a second after he hit the bat, he was like, he could change his game with one swing. Click. And it's tied. Like, the ball is still not even close to being out of the park yet. But he hit it so hard that you knew it was freaking out of there. Yeah. Now, on the flip side, I like this from the 901. Damn, I still get chills. And I think you probably will forever. I, I'm I'm not kidding about that. I, I think a lot of people will feel that way forever. Is We talked earlier, there's going to be some changes made on this team. That is just a fact right. of life. You brought it up, Mike, is whether however you finish the season. Once you break, that's it. You, that same group will never be back together yeah. again. There'll always be some little tweaks here and there. And the same is true for the Rangers. Now, you brought this up earlier. This doesn't have to mean that Mitch Garver isn't coming back to the Rangers. Right. They just declined to give him a qualifying offer, which would have been around $20 million, right. give or take. And just from a financial perspective, they're like, well, that makes no sense. We can get him for a cheaper price. But it also means he's not a guarantee to come back, right? right. Because if you gave him the qualifying offer, I feel pretty confident do he you, would take it. Do you remember the story in the first two months? And might It might have been less than that, but Garver was frustrated with his playing time. Still a team player, but yeah. I totally get it. You kind of, in a weird way, this is always weird for coaches. You want the guys to be team players, but when a guy gets somewhat demoted or not getting playing time, you also want to see that it's bugging him a little bit too. Sure. Because if it's not bugging him at all, you're like, oh gosh, he's taking it well, but is he taking it too well Like <laughs> at this point? Yeah. And so that's always a weird dynamic with players. Like, I'm glad that you're unhappy with your playing time. That means you want it and you want to play. At the Agreed. same time, right now, Jonah Heim's playing so great. I don't want to take him out of the lineup. There's just other guys that are contributing so much that, unfortunately, I think it was Robbie Grossman early in the year that was DHing more, playing left field, and then Ezekiel Duran took off at shortstop. There's a whole bunch of different stories that I have to go back and look, but I just remember 
Mitch was frustrated and he wanted to be more of a player and maybe catch a little bit more. So that'll be interesting now that free agency is happening is how much does Mitch want to come back to the Rangers at what type of price versus does he get the opportunity to be maybe, I would say, a 50-50 catcher. I think everybody in baseball knows his body is not made to catch 120 games a year it, it, you know i'm sure that he does want to try to have a place where he can catch 80 games a year though do you think the rangers look at sam huff at all and they're like yeah this will help us absorb that blow i know we're a few no, years a removed from sam huff being like the dude who is going to take over but still it's a good question i don't think so okay but i don't know i do know that I don't think Austin Hedges is the backup catcher. Sure. I love Austin. Austin Hedges, great story. Do but they I need don't to keep him on this team. Here's what I don't know. He's been in the majors for a while. Does does he have a major league job to like going into spring training? Does he have a guaranteed major league deal or do people have him as like more of I'd love Hedgy back, and I hate saying this because if he's listening, I love you, Hedgy, man. It was awesome. But in a perfect world, you'd want him as your kind of AAA catcher, and yeah. then if a guy gets hurt, he comes up, and catchers get hurt. Yeah. You're going that third catcher is a very important part of your organization, and sometimes they're on your playoff roster because you want to pinch run for your catcher a lot of times. Yeah, no, I think you've got a point there. Is so we're talking about who are the players that you would be okay. Moving on from, from the 817, Grossman, Garver, Hedges, Perez, from the... Ooh, okay, keep going. Okay. I'm, I'm okay with your, because we're going to get into a discussion here in a minute about yes. Araldis Chapman. Yes. Um, I'm not opposed to bringing back Martin Perez. I can't remember if I said this on the air or not, because I have a lot of Ranger conversations. It's really awesome right now how many Ranger conversations yes. I'm having off the air, too, with different people. You'd also be surprised how much off-air and on-air blurs in your yeah. brain, too. Is at the right price, at like $3 million, if Martin Perez doesn't have the offers that he wants. We do have Cody Bradford to kind of be a swing guy next year. Yep. And I would be signing Martin Perez, telling him, hey, you're probably not in our rotation, but we can definitely use you. And I bet this, I bet throughout the season we use you in 10 starts this year because there's going to be injuries. Sure. There's, you, you need 10 starters. Yeah. You need 10 major league starters. And some of them aren't starting on the big league team in your bullpen. Dane Dunning did, and then Dane Dunning started a whole bunch. But I don't mind bringing back Martin Perez. I don't know if, in a way, he wants to come back to that role. He's probably, after being an all-star, and I know he didn't have a good year this year. He would even tell you, I didn't have a good year. He probably feels like there's going to be a team out there that's going to guarantee him you're one of our five starters. You might be the fifth guy, but there's probably plenty of teams that'll go, hey, we'll, we'll make you our fifth guy. And that won't be the case here. It right. Just, it just and won't. maybe you sign with Oakland because you want to start. And then you know that if you do well enough, Oakland's going to trade you in July. Yeah. To a <laughs> contender. That's probably true. From the 254, Low Chapman and Will Smith peace out you hit you hit a few there for me will smith incredible run three rings in three years on three different teams i can move on chris stratton i can definitely move on from yeah, him he didn't he just unfortunately just didn't have it here and then i think robbie grossman is on my list as well i know that mm, that might irritate some people but then the other and one he's a free agent i believe so For some reason i thought it was a two-year deal but I yeah let me let me double check on that but 
Those are the people that, do you have any objections to those three? Smith, Stratton, and Grossman. Not really. Okay. I did have an object, uh, objection to one of them, somebody said. Oh, okay. By the way, uh, he's an unrestricted free agent. Okay, thank so you. you can, and then the other one that we needed to bring up, because we have a difference of opinion about this, is Araldus Chapman. I, I'm, I'm ready to move on from Araldus Chapman. I thought his, not thought, his numbers definitely got worse as the year got on. And it was the definition of the Araldus Chapman experience, where if you've watched him pitch, you don't need a definition. You know exactly what that means. And I thought that, Mike, we got into too many situations where Chapman got brought up in the eighth, but then it was automatically, but get LeClerc in because at the first sign of trouble, we need to pull Chapman out of the game because he's going to implode. I hear you. I understand. And those are all valid, real points. And that's what the Rangers did. After three hitters, one guy was on with two outs, and they did take him out of the game. They didn't want it to get any further. They would usually, in that position, go to LeClerc to get out of that two-out runner-on situation. I cannot argue that. I look, and and what we saw is what we saw. There, This is where you, you just go to stats, and I'm about to just go to stats. And everything you said is valid yeah. and and uh factual on the way most people felt with Araldis Chapman in the game. But he pitched in nine games in the playoffs. He faced 28 batters. He walked, or sorry, he gave up seven hits and he walked five guys. He did hit a guy and that was really fun when he did. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. Yeah, I, I, I remember. So overall, they're not horrible numbers. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I, it's, it's, I, I do, do. My quick question on that yeah. I, I don't know. This is probably more than just looking at the numbers can help us figure out. Do you know how many of those games he didn't complete, like, the task at hand? Because usually I feel like it's not, you know, because it would say games finished. It doesn't say inning okay, finished, okay, if that makes okay, sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and to your point, yes, there were quite a few in his eight innings. He had a 2-2-5 ERA. It's really tough in yeah. eight innings to like, hey, this is a valid ERA. Because if you have one bad game in the playoffs, but the rest of the games, your nails, your ERA is going to be six and a half. You it know? might be amazing. And yeah. so he didn't have a big blow-up inning, but to your point, the Rangers wouldn't allow it. Yeah. Bochy's a genius. He was just like, I I have a feeling. Bochy would be like, I have a feeling this could blow up here. That might be Sandler. He wants to Do have you want to add into I, the conversation? Yeah. Actually, texted. he texted. He's like, are you guys talking Rangers? Because he's... So Rangers happy. He might want wants to have part of this uh, conversation. So we bring on Jared Sandler. Jared, how's it going, my man? It's great. Kevin, is it not amazing? I mean, have you ever heard Mike this positive about like a head coach or a manager or a front office? <laughs> he I, said this is like the best thing ever. He said that if Bruce Bochy became the Cowboys head coach today, he thinks yeah. it would only make one loss difference at the end of the regular season. <laughs> it's it's amazing, and I'm really glad. By the way, I just want to remind everyone, if you missed us talking about it earlier, Swinging for a Cause coming up in less than a month. You get to hang out with us, but also celebrities, ball players. You can be on the field. You can play catch on the field of the world champions. It's incredible. Is Did anybody I threw out seem unfair? Will Smith, Chris Stratton, Araldus Chapman, Robbie Grossman. Like I'm not begrudging any of those people, but I see those as opportunities where you can tweak up the lineup. Yeah, I, I think a lot of those make sense. You know, Will Smith's a guy I, I heard Mike talking about Austin Hedges and what his options might be. I would 
you know, Will Smith didn't sign until spring training last year. I, I'd be curious, uh, you know, he might be a guy where Boach, because of their relationship, is like, hey, Will, if you can find something, go find something. If not, you know, we'll we'll let you come back and showcase in spring training and, you know, give you a chance to make the team. But I don't I don't think it's a priority to bring him back. You know, with Chapman, I, I kind of agree with what Mike was getting at there. Oh, I'm not I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, they absolutely need to bring him back. I think that initially when the Rangers acquired him, there was a little bit of maybe too much. This guy is invincible. He should be the closer. And then it was like there was an overcorrection of, oh, my God, like this guy, he can't pitch in the playoffs. I, I'm not. I'm never going to just scoff at a guy who throws 100, 102 miles an hour. I mean, he wasn't. He he wasn't uh, unhittable by any means, but he was not as bad as I think some people made him out to be. And over the course of the regular season, I mean, Jim Bowden, I know Mike's favorite, but Jim Bowden, I think I saw predicted two years, ten million dollars, so five per year. I mean, would you pay five million per year to get a Roldis Chapman back? Like I. I don't know that I would hate it. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it would be an absolute mistake if they don't go that route. But if that was the deal, I would I wouldn't be that upset about it. I'm I'm with you. Look, I would I put not. it this way: in a, do you want Brock Burke pitching the seventh or eighth inning as your left-handed? Like they don't really trust him. They they don't like we don't have a left-handed guy ready to come up and do this job and i'm not look yeah. i don't want him to close i do not want Araldis chapman to be our closer or i kind of don't want him to be our backup closer and i do think that they learned a lot about Araldis chapman like it or not Araldis chapman doesn't really do well on back-to-back or three out of four days yep. and you really need to watch how much you do that with them because you can send them into at times a two-week tell spin that's the way Kansas City, because they were losers, they used them in just a very, they used them in a trade <laughs> uh-huh. asset way, right? They yep. really protected him. And I'm not saying you can protect them as much as Kansas City did because they weren't really trying to win. They weren't in winning situations. But I think he did strike out Jordan Alvarez in a big at bat. Like he has the ability yep. against the best left handed batters in the game to put a little bit of fear in them. And he's. In a way, I don't know, not afraid of the moment because at times you're like, is he afraid right now? Because he is totally erratic. But I understand the erratic part of him. But if you have him in a role as your third or fourth, I'd love for him to be your fourth piece. Behind Hater too. Yeah. I gotcha. But I just, I don't want to give up on him. I don't know how much, I'm going to ask you this, Sandler. How much did Araldis Chapman, you're around the guys, did he love being a Texas Ranger? He was really quiet. When I was with you in Washington, it was early on in the process of just trading for him, and he was very quiet and kind of in his own own kind of area of the clubhouse. I don't know. Like, how much did he become part of that team? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I, I, don't, I don't know that I know the answer to that. I mean, I – Listen, he, he certainly was having a heck of a time celebrating, you know, after uh, each of those accomplishments, playoff clinch, and then each playoff round. And and I think the guys would tell you the same thing. I mean, I talked to some of the relievers. He's quiet. You know, he's not uh, – I, I think fans would be surprised. He's, he doesn't have this big, you know, bombastic personality. Uh, he's quiet, but he's very kind. He's, he's a lot more soft-spoken than I think people realize. I, I don't know that Aroldis Chapman is, you know, whether I, I think he lives in Miami. I don't know that he's sitting, you know, in Miami right now saying, gosh, I got to go back to the Rangers. And and I just, that's not because I don't think he had a good experience. I just don't know, you know, is he kind of at a point in his career where he's just going to take the, the most money? Andrew Heaney could have gotten more money, for instance. 
you know, he could have gotten more years of, of, of guaranteed money. But, you know, I spoke to, to Andrew, and he said, listen, you can't put a price on happiness. I think Andrew loves it here. He just had twins. I think he's living in the area. Uh, you know, I think this is I think this is a place where, you know, he wants to be. Uh, I, I don't know that Aroldis Chapman is sitting there saying, I have to go back to Texas. Yeah. He might love to come back. I just don't know that it's like priority to whoever his agent is, get me back in a Rangers uniform. I love what you're saying. And to Kevin, I'll just say this. I'm not going to be devastated if Araldis Chapman's not back with the Texas Rangers. But and it's I totally just, fine if we disagree. That's I okay. would just I would if I was Chris Young, I would talk to his agent and say we would like to have him back. Now, obviously years and price, I'd love to have him back on a one year deal. To be honest, I would love more of like a one year I don't know what the market is. Six million dollar deal. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, two years at ten. I'm not opposed to that either. He still throws the ball. If he really wants to kill it, he can kill Chaz McCormick's knee at 104 miles an hour. Still, so he can get there if he needs to. He just has that feeling of need to. Uh, I would. I understand the roller coaster. I've already said that, but. I'm okay with bringing back Araldis Chapman, and I do think he can be a valuable piece to your team. And if he's not, I don't think he would be like, dang it, man, we just wasted $15 million, you know? Jared, yeah. I, I, have a, uh, I have a question for you. Putting aside, like, personal achievements, like getting married and all that good stuff, I'm going to give you three options. What was the greatest other moment of your life? Was it Wednesday night when the Rangers won the World Series? Was it... Friday when Corey Seager said, I guess we'll never know. Or was it be or was it being on the float Friday during the world championship celebration? Oh, I mean, Wednesday, Wednesday's number one. The Corey Seager was pretty awesome. I'm never going to forget that. There's a video of you like fist pumping and jumping up. It's awesome. It was, I mean, that was, that was, <laughs> that, that, I hope that, that moment never leaves Rangers fans. Like I hope that that is a thing that people remember and bring up because it doesn't matter what the Astros do next year. Uh, the year in which that comment was said, the Rangers won the World Series. And I just want to throw this out there. I, I'm not discounting what the Astros have accomplished the last seven years. I mean, it's, it's a remarkable run. But in years in which the Rangers and Astros have both been competitive, the Rangers – have always ended up with the upper hand in 15 and 16. They were each eliminated in the same round, but the Rangers won the division. And this year the Astros won the division, but the Rangers won the world series. So uh, take that Houston. But yeah, Wednesday night was definitely number one. That was to me, that's a culmination of that entire run and that entire postseason. The parade was really sweet though, to, to, to get a reminder of how much, whether it's sports or just specifically for people, Rangers baseball means to folks. That was pretty cool. So, I know I'm kind of re-asking the same question. I was listening, but <laughs> did did beating Arizona in Game Five mean more to you, or beating the Astros in Game Seven in Houston? I know we just talked about the different moments of winning the World Series, but can you try to compare your thoughts and feelings being in Houston for that moment versus winning the World Series? No, that, that's, I think that's a very fair question. Obviously, game five with what was riding on it means more because that's, you know, that's the one that, that gets you the trophy. But game seven, and, and, and I would just say that series, 
I, I think that series was a more emotionally charged. Can I make that delineation where obviously winning the World Series is more significant? But it was a much more emotionally charged series. It felt like to me, at least, I don't know what the players would say, because not all of them maybe hate the Astros like the fan base does, but it felt to me like the Astros series was more emotionally charged. And there was more of a, yeah, take that sort of feeling beating the Astros. I don't know that there was like a lot of animosity towards the Diamondbacks. They just happened to be the team the Rangers played for the World Series. I think someone... Someone made a comment that after game two, Tommy Pham and Cattell Marte took a picture holding up the, you know, a three sign, like three more wins. But it almost felt like if you were angry at that, that's just trying to manufacture something. Because, right. I mean, what is that's not that offensive. That's I, for themselves, think, not for the Rangers. Yeah. 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 So I, I think that definitely, and I would bet that fans, I'm, I think there were some fans who felt like after beating the Astros, it was over. And so they almost felt like, and I don't think this is fair, but there are fans who communicated to me that they felt like the World Series was won after beating the Astros. So I think there are definitely fans who would tell you the Astros won was maybe more of the emotional high. Um, and, but I, I, don't, I don't think the players necessarily felt like they had it in the bag, but they would tell you that there's probably, it was more emotionally charged to beat the Astros uh, with the way yeah. things went down from games five onwards. Especially. All right. So let's move on to Mike likes it. And because we have Jared Sandler here, a uh, future hall of famer in major league baseball wow. for broadcasting the Texas kind, Rangers. Not true. I'm telling you, it will be, Who, I might you? not be alive for it, but you know, you're going to have to do this for a long time, but right, I think Jared, you will be. I need you to be honest about this. Who do you think is more likely right now to be in the baseball hall of fame? You or Rugnet Odor? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jared. Was I that 2014 or 15? 15? 2015? Hey, I plugged your event. What do you care if I take a shot? No, 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 no. The only thing I'm upset about is I was going to just as a rule of thumb answer whoever else you said other than me uh, because I'm I'm not going to say me. And I still, I'm going to go with Rugi. Rugi's career, wow. you know it's definitely Rugi. Rugi can become a coach or a manager and <laughs> or a broadcaster. He's got so many more avenues. I'm just the pregame host, postgame host. All right. Rugnet Odor for sure. All right, so, Jared, we were having uh, some discussions yesterday as I was driving around town as I become a chauffeur after the show is over. If you didn't know that, I'm the Uber driver wow. for the Bassett kids. Um, oh, yes. Is Clayton Kershaw. I think it's ripe and prime for Clayton Kershaw to become a Texas Ranger. Now, MLB Trade Rumors just brought out their top 50 free agents. I was honestly surprised by this. He had a 2.46 ERA last year. Here's an article here, October 8th, 2023. Kershaw shoulders oversized load on 2023 Dodgers. So, I know he didn't pitch a ton of innings, but they asked a lot out of him and what he has left in the tank last year. I think that he would be a really nice fit for the Rangers, for the Rangers for the next 20 years to have Clayton Kershaw in a Rangers uniform. I still think he can contribute to a championship team in a in a lesser role than 150 innings, but like about 80 to 100 innings and then being ready for the playoffs. I think he can. What are your thoughts on Clayton Kershaw and the percentage of him being a Ranger, the possibility of the Rangers being interested in Kershaw in this offseason? So I, I might not have anywhere close to a good read on this. I would say that if the Dodgers want him back, it's Dodgers or retirement. I, I feel like, and I could be wrong, Mike, 
I, and, and by won him back, I don't mean the, yeah, no, we'll take him back here, sign a $1 million deal. If the Dodgers are willing to spend whatever is deemed to be appropriate to bring Clayton Kershaw back, I, I've gotten the sense that being a Dodger for life means something to him. And uh, if, they, if he wants to play and they want him back, he'll be there. I don't know where, what their appetite is for Clayton Kershaw to be back. Uh, and frankly, I would maybe be slightly concerned if they didn't want him back because they, they should, in theory, know more about him and where he is yeah. than anyone. Now, I heard you mention that, that maybe he had some sort of a procedure, and if he did, it's likely that uh, it, w- it would be you know, Keith Meister. It was who- not him. Okay. It was, right. uh, I, I have it pulled up. I forget his name. I'm sorry. I don't know this. It's Dr. Eliotrash, if I'm saying yeah, his. Yeah, Neil Eliotrash. So he's, yeah. he's a West Coast guy. Okay. Uh, he, I believe he's based in LA and, and he might work for the Dodgers. I don't know. Okay. But he's, he's another one of the, you know, the, the, uh, popular surgeons for this sort of thing. I, I, I just don't, Mike, I, it's, it's one of those things where I feel like we're paying for the name, and maybe the business side of it will tell you you'll sell enough Clint Kershaw merchandise to where it you know it'll all cancel out. I just think it's tough depending on what you're paying him. Like you told – we spoke yesterday. You said $5 million a year. $5 million a year is, is definitely tenable. There's no doubt about that. Is it $10 million a year, though? Because now you've got to build depth in your rotation, and when you're paying $10 million to a guy you're expecting 80 innings out of, that's that's tough. I, I that's going to be eighty really good stuff. innings though. It, it would be, but ten million dollars for eighty innings and the difference between Clemens and Kershaw, I feel like, is when Clemens <laughs> did what he did, he was still a super stud. And I still and and I was young, but I still feel like at that time, if Roger Clemens was pitching a playoff game for me, in. Do you feel that way with Clayton Kershaw and? I don't know why. Absolutely. Did you not see his last playoff start? Oh, it was, was not. Yeah. Out. It was not good. Yeah. yeah. I just. Well, that, it happens. It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing for me. The, the playoff issues he's had. I, I hate it for him because he is one of the greatest pitchers we've ever seen. But for whatever reason, the playoffs come around and it, it's like his gas tanks on empty. Well, okay. I understand. And I have said that. You could do the Roger Clemens thing with them. You have to believe in your depth, but you could say you're not pitching till June 1st. Like I, I've eliminated two months of the season. I've made it a four month season for you to try to help out your back and your shoulder. But I understand. I'm not. I'm not like Clayton Kershaw's the answer. I think people are getting confused because I'm pro Clayton Kershaw yeah. in this situation. They think that I'm willing to go to 25 million a year. They think that I think that he's going to pitch game one or game two of the playoffs for the Rangers. I just think there's a lot of value if the Dodgers aren't willing to have him. And to your point, I'm just looking up um, uh, Roger Clemens' numbers on the Astros when he was in his 40s, and he was the Cy Young Award winner when he was 41 years old, and he finished third in Cy Young voting when he was 42 years old with the Astros. So, yes, he was still – But we also fundamentally know why that's different, right? Yes, the rice. He would be, he would take his wrist in rice and really work the ball in rice. Can can I ask a quick question? And Jared, if you don't want to answer this, that I totally understand and that's totally fine. But this team is going to be different. If I told you I could see Lowe and Tavares being moved away for other pieces, do you think that could hold some validity? Yeah, I, listen, I, I think I would 
I, I, I really have enjoyed watching Laoti the last few years, and I think that he, I think he maybe got at times the short end of the stick in terms of, you know, the guy was the number nine hitter for this team, and he played, he played really good center field. He's not a Gold Glover, but he still did a really good job there. Um, but the Rangers are going to have a surplus in the outfield, right? I mean, you know, you got Evan Carter and you got White Langford, and you got Adolis Garcia, right? Uh, so, what is Adolis going to be your full-time DH? I mean, as he gets older, what do you do with Adolis? You know, I mean, that's a that, what's Wyatt Lankford's position have. in the major leagues? What's that? When Wyatt Lankford is ready, what's his position in the major leagues? I think I think he's a left fielder. All things being equal, he could be a right fielder on on this team. Uh, you know, if if Evan Carter's in center, maybe maybe he is your left fielder. I mean, I think if you look at the Rangers, they are likely going to add an outfielder, even if it's a Robbie Grossman type, not not necessarily Robbie, but someone who could, uh, you know, maybe play a role if not be every day. Uh, but you got, let's just say, there's one external guy that they don't have right now: Wyatt Langford, Evan Carter, Adolis Garcia, Laoti Tavares. I don't think that the Rangers are out on Ezekiel Duran, and I think that it's possible that he gets time in the outfield, right? So they, they've got flexibility there. Hagee, I, I know, you know, when you win a World Series, you all of a sudden, like, you fall in love 10 times as much yep. as everyone. And, and you should, right, from a fan standpoint. Every time any one of these guys ever steps foot in Globe Life Field, no matter what uniform they wear, they should get a big ovation. Whether, whether it's Josh Smith, or Laoti Tavares. I think that's how you should treat World Series winners. That's how you should treat NBA champions when they are with your team. But that doesn't mean that the front office needs to necessarily feel that emotional connection. So I think the Rangers have some some options, uh, and they have it in the outfield, they have it in the infield, and I think it's going to be a really interesting offseason for what they can do, uh, not just in free agency, but creatively in the trade market as well. All right, you have 30 seconds here. How did Josh Young not finish... How did he not get second and third place votes in the rookie of the year? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, maybe he was penalized for uh, for missing time. But it, was, it was Bybee, it was Gunnar Henderson, and who was the other? Uh, uh, Tristan Casas. Yes. I think I think Casas benefited from getting hot around the times the voting took place. He was a huge second-half performer. I mean, Henderson definitely deserves it, and Honestly, it's tough to compare apples to apples, the pitcher to third baseman, but Tanner Bybee was really good, too. I think oh, I love Josh him. He's, he, I mean, yeah. I remember doing that Cleveland series. I'm like, oh, crap, because that was a fifth-round pick in 21, right? Yeah. And they had their yeah. first-round pick up, too, and I was like, dude, this fifth-round pick is a, is really good. But I just thought, real quick, I just I thought Josh Young would be on at least the, the final yeah. three where I'm like, I get it. Gunnar Henderson's going to sweep this thing. I don't think a person's going to get a first place vote besides him, but I just was shocked that Josh Young didn't yeah. get uh, top three voting. He, he was basic. He, I think, and I could be wrong. I think he was hurt or had just come back when the, when the voting was going on. And oh, it doesn't go to the end of the year. I, I think it's, I think it's in I, late September, maybe. And I think you have um, until the end of the year, but you can vote. A early. little bit earlier if you want. Okay. Hey, hey, Jared, guess what? The Rangers won the World Series. Oh, I lost you guys. Oh. Great. Well, I'm going to try this again. It's probably yeah. not going to be as impactful yeah. for our audience. But, hey, Jared, guess what? What's that? 
The Rangers won the World Series. You're damn right they did. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. See you guys. Don't forget, December 3rd, swinging for a cause, Jared Sandler. Coming up next, usually we would have... We're treating the Rangers like the Cowboys. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.